a selection of verses from the book of Proverbs on the subject of wealth. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. A faithful person will be richly blessed but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. Thanks, Pete. It's uh, great to be together uh, this morning. It was great to be here yesterday afternoon as well, uh, speaking of wealth and generosity, and and just as a a church, in fact, combined churches, to celebrate uh, the, the sending of Mel Higgins to the mission field. It's a partnership, it's a financial partnership, as well as a partnership in prayer, and um, that was a really joyful time together. On the way out, I, I grabbed the latest Southern Cross as well. There's a bunch of them out there. And uh, towards the back of it, I noticed a, a review of a book uh, all about uh, money for the Christian life. Um, I haven't read the book, but I've, I've read the, uh, the review, and it sounds really interesting. Uh, so I commend that to you as well. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it. God graciously blesses us with many good things in life, including the wealth we enjoy. In fact, compared to most people on the planet today, we are very wealthy indeed. Uh, As I've reflected on Proverbs and my own experiences, uh, one thing I can see is this, that, that God's desire is that through all of the challenges and the opportunities that money brings to our lives... His goal is to grow in us Christ-like character in all his children. Uh, Friends, to that end, let's pray as we come to his word now. Dear Father, please open our hearts to your word and your word to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. There are several areas of life that I think become tests of faith for most Christians at some point. If we made a list of all those types of things, I reckon money or wealth would have to be in the top three. Uh, Not surprisingly, there's lots of songs about it, pop songs, and uh, and money features in a lot of uh, films. Uh, Remember the line from Jerry Maguire? Show me the money. Yeah, that one, yeah. We all need money, we all want money, and sometimes we imagine what we'd do if we had bucket loads of it. So as we look at God's wisdom for wealth through the lens of Proverbs today, there's a little phrase that uh, I'd like us to get stuck in our heads. It's not a phrase from Proverbs, it's a phrase from Pete Stacey, Um, forgive me for that, Um, but I found it to be just so true in my own experience as a follower of Jesus in this area of money. Um, And here it is. The Christian life is an adventure of faith. An adventure of faith. An adventure of trusting God in every circumstance. 
and facing life with him. We haven't got enough money? Delight in the opportunity to grow in dependence on him. Ask him, cry out to the Lord. Give us our daily bread. When he blesses us with more than enough, which is most of the time, thank the Lord and ask him how we can contribute to the needs of others. Delight in secret giving and give generously to gospel ministry so that others might be saved for eternity. Life as a Christian really is an adventure of faith. And I've found it to be particularly true in this area. Martin Luther said this, there are three conversions necessary for the Christian. The conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind, and the conversion of the purse. Money is an area that, uh, it's like a window, window into the heart. And we need to surrender to God this area of our lives. Ask him to help us honour him with it. Because wealth can be a rich blessing to us and to those around us. But equally, it can be a terrible stumbling block to our faith and even an obstacle to salvation. So we really need God's wisdom in this area. As we look at Proverbs specifically, we see three things. Number one, wealth is a gift. Secondly, wealth is not the goal of life. And thirdly, be generous. Proverbs has quite a positive outlook on work and wealth. Uh, Last week we considered God's wisdom for work and today we see that wealth is the financial blessing that comes from our work. Like so many things in life, employment and the capacity to earn money is a gift from God's hand. And God wants us to work well. So many verses show this connection between working diligently and uh, financial blessing. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Love the opposites all the time. A few verses later, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. So wealth is a gift from God and is the normal consequence of diligent work. And it can be very fruitful indeed. Uh, Proverbs 21 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Verse uh, Chapter 28 says, Those who work their land will have an abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. I wish I read that one when I was a teenager, (laughs) chasing all kinds of ideas. God provides the work for our hands and he commends diligence and blesses us as we work hard at it. And throughout the Bible, there are many examples of godly people to whom God entrusted great wealth. My own experience and observation is that wealth changes a lot through the various stages of life. And God calls us to trust him and honour him at each point of that journey. Uh, That's why uh, I want us to view all of life as that adventure of faith. Wealth or a lack of it both provide the opportunity to trust God and grow in our relationship with him. So wealth is a good gift from God. 
and the, the, fruitful, uh, the, the fruit of diligent work. We use it for our daily needs and it gives us the opportunity to bless others and to advance gospel ministry. But as we continue to look at Proverbs, and in fact the whole Bible, there are far more verses that speak about the dangers of money, the dangers of greed and and seeking it. So much so that it's easy to think that wealth is a wicked thing. One article I read this week had the title, Wealth, Deserved or Demonic? So our second point is this. Wealth is not the goal of life. Down through the centuries, Christian views about money have swung like a great pendulum from one extreme to another. At times, wealth has been viewed as evil and worldly and an instrument of the devil to bring down people of faith. To rid yourself of all earthly possessions and live with the barest necessities the ascetic life, was considered a measure of holiness. At other times, and I think particularly today, many Christians embrace wealth and even expect God to give it to them. That's why the wisdom of Proverbs is so important for us as for any generation. Proverbs 11 says, Those who trust in riches will fall but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Wealth is good, but it is not God. Money is a necessary part of life, but it promises far more than it delivers. And the culture we're immersed in just keeps screaming at us that it will make us happy, it will achieve uh, the things that we desire so deeply in our hearts, but it's not true. Money lures us in to desire it, to pursue it, to give our best years to gaining as much of it as we we can, to trust it and to serve it. That's why several times in the Bible, greed is called idolatry. If we seek wealth and trust it and serve it as our God, as the ultimate in our lives we will be bitterly disappointed and ultimately it will destroy us. I I really liked how 1 Timothy 6 put this so well. Command those who are rich in this present world, which on a global scale is, is all of us, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. What a beautiful verse. So let's consider the insights that Proverbs gives us regarding the dangers of wealth. Firstly, wealth does not guarantee security. I love this one on the screen. Cast but a glance at riches and they're gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. (laughs) And again, riches do not endure forever and a crown is not secure for all generations. Wealth simply does not last. And it does not protect us either. Proverbs 18 says, The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. Now the point is, that wall can be scaled. Riches can and do fail us. At a personal level, 
We might lose a job. A business deal might go wrong. Or our health might mean we can no longer be in paid employment. Even at a global level in in my lifetime, interest rates of the 80s, the GFC in the 2000s, the periodic bursting of the economic bubble are reminders that wealth just is not trustworthy. It's not secure. And secondly, wealth does not guarantee peace. Proverbs 15 says, Better a little with fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. It's, it's ironic, isn't it? That so often the greater the wealth the greater the worry. And it robs us of peace. Thirdly, wealth tempts us to seek it in ways that are harmful and selfish. Proverbs picks up particularly our treatment of the poor and the vulnerable. Uh, Chapter 22, one who oppresses the poor to increase his wealth and one who gives gifts to the rich. Both come to poverty. In chapter 28, whoever increases wealth by taking interest or profit from the poor amasses it for another who will be kind to the poor. See, our, our money can never be divorced from what's going on in our heart. It's so important. Fourthly, Proverbs recognizes the danger of extremes and it's beautifully expressed in a prayer in chapter 30. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. And and then get this bit. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. And I wonder how many of us are in danger or through our lives have been in danger of disowning God because of the comfort of our wealth. So wealth is good, but it also presents dangers to our hearts. And as I've said, wealth is an important part of that adventure of faith that God uses to cultivate godliness in our hearts. So I think Proverbs 22.1 is a fitting conclusion to this section. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. At the end of the day, integrity, character, godliness is what matters, not how much we have. So how can we change our mindset about wealth and take control of it before it takes control of us. Well, this is the third point. The greatest antidote to all of the dangers that wealth presents is this. Be generous. So simple, isn't it? In fact, start by being thankful. I love the repeated phrase in Psalm 107. says this, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for them. Uh, again and again it says this, Thanking God is such a good and important thing to do. Thank him for providing our material needs, food, clothing and shelter. Let's not take those things for granted. The habit of saying grace, which I've heard has become less common even among Christians these days. But it's such an appropriate expression of the heart. And what a great model, you know, when, when there's family around the table. 
Give thanks to the Lord for the opportunity to work, if that's the position we're in. Give thanks to the Lord for the opportunity to be like him in being generous. Giving is very important to God. You know, there are more Bible verses on giving than on faith and prayer put together. Bit of Bible trivia for you. You all know John 3.16. Well, it's on the screen if you don't. John 3.16. Just have a quick look at it. It tells us what gave. What did he give? His son. What was his motive? Love. For God so loved. His motive was love. Well, how do we benefit from his gift? Eternal life. That's just extraordinary, isn't it? That is extraordinary generosity of heart displayed in action to, to us who don't deserve it at all. Friends, let us be more like him. Proverbs 3.9 gives us some practicalities. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Now, of course, in the Old Testament, the Israelites were to give 10% of the, all their harvest or income to God, uh, to the priests and you know, for the upkeep of the temple as well. Um, as Christians, we are no longer compelled by law like that. But we're free to give in response to God's grace to us. Our giving is a reflection of our gratitude for what God has given. It's a window into the heart. Now, I was curious about this. Um, out of interest, I looked up the average Aussie income. Um, and, and then I, I got onto our, our database. I looked up the number of adults who regularly attend our church. Um, now, I think we have a really good budget, but I'm surprised that, that it's actually, our budget is, is a bit less than 3% of our combined income if we're average Aussies. Um, now, I'm not saying this as a guilt trip. I was just really interested. And then I got excited because of like, um, imagine if we all like did give 10%, like you know, in the Old Testament. Uh, the average church in Australia has one full-time minister per 65 adults. With 10% giving, 65 adults could support 6.5 ministers. I think that's a terrible thought. Um, but what about this? How about one minister and five missionaries? Wouldn't that be amazing? And, and friends, we have over 200 adults in our services. Well over. What an extraordinary global impact. We are having, but we, we could have by generous giving. Well, as we look at the New Testament, we're, we're not under that 10% rule. We're, we're under the grace that God's given us in Christ. But as we look at the New Testament, three words sum up God's teaching about giving to us today. Firstly, cheerful. 2 Corinthians 9 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The second word is generous. The same uh, chapter says this. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And thirdly, give regularly. In 1 Corinthians 16, 
Paul gives practical advice to the church in Corinth about their collection. He says this, On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. And goes into longer detail about, you know, they had to collect it and then distribute it. Um, But I found that really interesting and helpful. Take it out the start of the week, you know, before other expenses, especially non-essential spending, which so easily uh, gets more than I realise. And then set it aside for God's purposes. And note the phrase, in keeping with your income. Uh, The focus is not on equal giving, but equal sacrifice. Cheerful, generous, regular. It's an exciting challenge, isn't it? Our approach to money is such an adventure of faith for every follower of Jesus. And when we give in this way, it is a joy. And we see this in Proverbs. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And again, the generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Lastly, and this is not quite uh, another heading, but it didn't really fit anywhere else, so maybe you can call this a a three-and-a-half-point sermon or something. Um, The book of Proverbs deals almost entirely with wise living in this life here on earth, but there are a couple of verses that push beyond it, and they're relevant for us today. Proverbs 11 verse 4 says, Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath. But righteousness delivers from death. When we face the judgment of God, money can't save us. Even if we could take it with us, which we can't, it still would be useless for us. Only Jesus can save us on that day. Proverbs 15 says, Death and destruction lie open before the Lord. How much more do human hearts? He sees every one of our hearts like an open book. He knows everything that we've done in our finances and every other area of our lives. And he knows that we all fall short of his perfect standard in our attitudes and in our actions. Our righteousness cannot save us on the day of judgment. And that's why God gave Jesus to take our sin upon himself and to pay for it so that we could be clothed in his righteousness, forgiven by God, hearts washed clean, guilt removed, our souls secure on the day of judgment, unshakable, eternal hope. Friends, wealth is a good gift of God. But it can enslave us if we make it the goal of life. So let's thank God for his provision and use the wealth he blesses us with for the good of others and for the growth of the gospel. Friends, embrace the adventure of faith in this area of our lives. Because we trust in a generous God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment and by his grace gives us the the ability and the desire to be generous to others as well. Amen.